today's episode of Inside the Nest, we are talking about the 3-0 and for the first time ever Kennesaw State men's basketball team. We're talking about the KSU women's basketball team, which won its first road game in nearly two seasons. It's a good time to be an owl on the hardwood, and we'll preview their big ASA matchups this week. Mateen Rad, Jordan Griffith, join me, Nolan Alexander, next on Inside the Nest. Okay, guys, when we recorded last week, we had a big ASUN docket ahead of us. We previewed the FGCU matchup, and we started with the women last time, so we'll switch over to the men this time. As I mentioned in the introduction, 3-0 in ASUN play for the first time ever. We were getting ready for a big FGCU game. Fast forward now, we're 3-0 in the ASUN. Jordan, what what all has transpired this week, my friend? You know... Recording this this episode of Inside the Nest is just so much better after a win. And, and just the one word that I can think of over the weekend, even for the women's team as well, is just yes. You're just sitting there and you're finally seeing everything come to fruition. You're, you're seeing all of the oh, almost back in non-conference season. But now you cash it in and you beat two opponents by a good amount. I mean, you beat FGCU at home. Guys, that was a statement win. I mean, they defensively, I don't think they could have done anything more against a guy like Tavian Dunn Martin, like we were talking about Kevin Samuel, with the same kind of situation. They shut both those guys down for the most part. And then you beat Stetson on the road, on the road. That That's something that we haven't seen from this team ever. <laughs> I mean, that, that's how special really this has been so far. And then right now, I, I mean, this team is looking so good. It's hard to really put it into words, but the best way I can really put it is just so proud of this team because of what they've done. And they beat North Florida last night again on the road. I'm just so happy for them because I I know we have so much more to go, guys. There's so much more season to play ahead of us, but this has been a long time coming. These guys deserve it. They put in the work, the coaching staff, the players. I mean, it's really good to watch. They're able to hold on last night against North Florida. Again, something else we haven't seen. Yes. I mean, it's finally there, guys. They're, they're finally getting it together and, and putting wins together. And that, that's something that's, man, it is just awesome to see. So that FGCU win by 24, the Eagles couldn't hit a three. They, they, could, they couldn't hit a three. It was their worst three-point shooting game of the entire season. There was one point in the game, they were two for 25. And it, it wasn't like FGCU just had some bad luck. Like th- that definitely happened a couple of times. The ball was halfway and it popped out. But that suffocating defense from the outside, they only had maybe a handful of good looks. You mentioned shutting down Tavion Dunn Martin, but it, Holverson, he connected on a couple deep threes. Like he was at least five, seven feet from beyond the three point arc. Dunn Martin didn't have a clean look, Cotto didn't get any clean looks. KSU went in with a game plan and not only executed it, but I thought executed even better in the second half, beating FGCU by a wide amount. You said a statement win. And it seems like that set the tone for going into Stetson to carry this team's confidence defensively. And then when they played the Hatters, Stetson had three made field goals in the second half. Three. Three made field goals. And that is unheard of especially in conference play where these teams are more intimate and knowing each other and the personnel from having played every single year. 
I can't say enough about the Kennesaw State defense and what they did over the three-game winning streak, but especially three-point defense against FGCU and, and totality second-half defense against Stetson. Yeah, you know what they're doing is they're making teams very uncomfortable in what they want to do. Obviously, FGCU coming into that game, they're going to put the ball up. They're going to put it in the air. They're going to shoot the three ball. And whether they make it or, or miss it is whether they win or not. And FGCU has that identity. And Kennesaw State understood that. And coming into that game, they said, no, nah, that's not going to happen. You're not, you're not going to be able to shoot the ball like that. And never in that game, Nolan, did they have, I think, two consecutive good looks, much like you were, you were kind of alluding to there. It was always uncomfortable. They always kind of had a hesitant shot that went up or maybe a, a shot that they probably didn't want to get but had to because they didn't think they were going to get a better look. And then you go into the Stetson game. Again, on the road, that might have been the best of these three wins. May, I don't know. They're all great. Uh, it's it's kind of hard to decide. But winning that first road game, guys, that just takes so much pressure off of these guys. And also I think the attitude now they're back at eight and eight. Now you're looking at yourself a little different, right? You know, it's there when you're, when you're losing tight games, you know, ah, the talents there. We're so close. We just need to get over the hump. Well, now you've beat two conference opponents by wide margins. And now you're able to hold on. Like we haven't been able to see so far. You're able to hold on within the last minutes of a game against North Florida win by two points. I mean, they're showing everything that we wanted to see. And again, we talked about the growth last time. I mean, we're seeing the growth again, come to fruition right in front of our eyes. It's incredible to see this defense has been absolutely outstanding. There's nothing more you could ask from these guys. Mateen, I think you're watching the North Florida game on Monday night and we've seen Kennesaw state when the Owls win, in the three years from Amir Abdurrahim, they haven't been close wins. It, pretty much everything for the most part has been some sort of a blowout victory by double digits. Going to UNF, a team at the time was 0-4 in the A-Sun, had backs against the wall at home. KSU's playing its third game in five days, second consecutive road games. Uh, there's a lot of things on paper that weren't in the Owls' favor, and they had a comeback win in the second half. They were down by six at halftime, outscored UNF by eight in the second half, and hung on for that close win on the road. What did you see out of that game, and what do you think that can do for this team? Well, you know, what we saw was an, a complete team effort from everybody to make sure that they were going to make life as difficult as possible for the Ospreys. And, you know, something that I was talking about earlier with you know, a couple of coworkers was this was a game that the Owls would have lost a year ago, two years ago, three years ago. Something that I think both the men and the women's team uh, have found it difficult to do in previous years is knock down the teams that are struggling themselves. You know, you look at UNF, they're four and 13 going into that game. They're Owen four in conference going into that game. And, you know, they gave us the toughest fight, believe it or not, out of those three games on the road, but we were able to do the right things at the end of the game to make sure that we could secure the ball and force them into fouls to make sure that we could close out. Hey, we're up by two points. Let's do the right things and make sure at the final whistle, we're the team that's on top. KSU won 62 to 60 against UNF is three and O in the A-Sun 
for the first time ever in those wins over Stetson and FGCU. First time the Owls put together back-to-back 20-plus point victories against a Division I opponent. A lot of records are being broken this year. And again, we're just three games into ASUN play. And that sets up a massive game against Liberty Thursday night, 7 p.m., ksuowls.com slash tickets. Get your seat. You're going to want to get it. You remember those non-conference games earlier against Belmont and Mercer. Convo is rocking. I think we're going to have that same type of atmosphere. At the time of this recording, Liberty's 3-0 and in the A-Sun. We're recording on Tuesday. They're going to play Jacksonville tonight up in Lynchburg and then fly down to play the Owls in Kennesaw here on Thursday. So could potentially have a Liberty could have one loss could remain undefeated in the a sun. Either way, it doesn't change the fact that this game has a massive magnitude in a sun play. And it kind of felt like, you know, the FGC game was a statement and then winning on the road. Stetson was a statement. And then we just had a statement close win against UNF. And now you have a chance against the multiple time conference champ, the Liberty flames to play them on your home floor. What's key in this matchup? We know Darius McGee is a household name. I think he had 48 or 43, something obnoxious against FGCU. That's a headline. What else factors into this matchup, guys? Well, I think you said it all looking at Liberty. You're talking about Darius McGee. He scored 48. You were right against FGCU. But guys, they barely beat FGCU. And we saw Kennesaw State. I know college basketball math doesn't necessarily work out maybe ever. But you see Kennesaw State take care of FGCU rather easily. They had to put him away. Darius McGee had to score 48 to beat that team by two. But once again, this team is legit. You have Darius McGee. And once again, you're without Elijah Cuffey from last year, one of the best players the A Sun's seen in a while, especially defensively. This is McGee's show now. This is him. This is the guard. This is the athletic guard that can that can slam it on your face and can hit the long step back three. They're gonna have to take care of him. And if they don't, Liberty will win this game. But again, I don't see any reason why they won't. Uh, their defense has been stifling so far in these last three games. But once again, Liberty is the team to beat. We've talked about it all year last year. We talked about it this year too. Liberty right now is the best program so far in the ASUN this year. And once again, this team is going to put some points up. They are a, a offensive scoring team. Once again, I mean, 48 points against FGCU Darius McGee. He's going to put some points up. You got to be able to stop him. I expect to see, Brandon Shroud, Casey Jennings, those two players on him primarily. Again, this is going to be a huge game. Fans got to come out for this one. I'm I'm jittery. I'm so excited for this game, guys. Jordan, you're absolutely right in, in terms of what Darius McGee brings as a player and what Liberty brings as a team. But, you know, a couple key things to, to zoom in on is they also have one of the best scoring defenses in the conference. They only allow 60 points per game. That's 22. That's the 22nd best rate in the nation. So the hours are going to have to get through on net. But again, just like FGCU, this is a team that shoots the three 15th in the nation with 493 point field goal attempts. And that is an encouraging sign for me, seeing how well we defended the perimeter in the last three games. It's also Youth Sports Night at the game, Thursday, 7 p.m. If you have an Owls fan that's the age 12 or younger, they receive free admission wearing their T 
team jersey. So come on out, bring your family, bring your friends, call a friend, text a friend, DM, slide in those DMs for your friends. Say, hey, be you, Thursday, 7 p.m., Owls Against the Flames. It's going to be a blast. Looking forward to seeing you guys there. All right, let's flip over to the women's side. And women had a thrilling win against Stetson, winning by a penny down into land against a program that has a lot of tradition. Uh, Stetson has won A-Sun championships. Uh, They've, again, traditionally been one of the top half teams in the A-Sun. So it's never easy to win on the road, period. It's not easy to win in conference basketball games. It's not easy to win down into land. The women were able to do that shorthanded yet again. I want to talk on that game. I also want to have a little bit of discussion on the FGCU game as well, where even though the Owls didn't get the win, I thought there were bright spots. Mateen, you noted this in, in your recap and on social KSU still not back to full strength, but the Owls were able to shine and Jillian Piccolino had a day to remember. Yeah, you know, I called Coach Blue after that game and the first thing I said to her was, Coach, it feels like we have so much to talk about. Um, the headlines are the Owls win their first away game in nearly two years at Stetson. And really the star of the show was Jillian Piccolino, who is really such an amazing story when you break it down. You know, she plays 38 minutes against FGCU, 35 minutes against Stetson, with the Owls only having seven players against the Eagles and eight players against the Hatters, which makes their feats even more amazing. A lot of people will look at Jillian's playing time and say, oh, because they were a depleted squad, she was going to play more minutes. She played 22 minutes against Liberty with a full-strength squad. That was her best of the season. She's going through this long-term recovery after a devastating leg injury against North Florida last year. And she comes back playing more of a forward position than she has this season, gets 10-plus rebounds in both games, and averages a double-double. This is something that we've been missing from her. This is an all-freshman player that unfortunately had to miss a lot of last year, and it feels like we're getting back. It feels like we're just signing a player that is a game-changer. You're absolutely right, Mateen. And, and putting Jillian Piccolino into the lineup, she's gotten the opportunity once again because we've talked about the you, you talked about the lack of players, lack of depth that they've been able to have in the last few games, something that you know teams across the country have been able to deal with. But Piccolino has come back onto this scene again. Like you, you said, bringing on pretty much signing a new player, 13 boards against FGCU and you play all of these minutes. And what it really does, Mateen, to me is it relieves the pressure from Imani Johnson from the perimeter because we know Piccolino can knock the three ball down. She hit two very clutch threes right from the top of the key. They're using these kind of elevator screens to get her open at the top of the key. She hit two of those and playing 35 minutes getting that win against Stetson and that game against FGCU, the grit that the entire team showed the fight throughout that first quarter, even take the lead from the Eagles. And it looked like Kennesaw state was going to be able to fight for a majority of that game. They did as good as they could with the situation that was given to them. But the Stetson game, you, you take away that win and you get a Jillian Piccolino to burst onto the scene. Once again, coming off of an injury, like you were talking about, this player is going to make 
a difference. I mean, I'm not sure how you can take her out of the lineup right now, shooting the way she is and getting the rebounds. Once again, having 10 against Stetson, a double, double 13 against FGCU. This is not a characteristic rebounding type player that you look at and say, okay, well, she's going to rip down some boards. This is just pure effort. This is pure want to and will from Jillian Piccolino. Something I think we're going to see a lot more of. And I think we're going to talk a lot more about Piccolino here in the future. And Jordan, you bring up an excellent point about Amani Johnson saying that she doesn't have to bear that load all herself. You know, the layman will look at Johnson's resume and see that Stetson game and say, oh, she only scored six points. Jordan, she was facilitating everything, everything. She had the second most rebounds on the team for a point guard that's amazing and nine assists on the night. I mean, everything that she's doing is a leader. And now she's built the pieces around her with the help of Coach Blue to make sure that she's a facilitator and can lead the team from the point rather than having to always drive in and make the layup. You also make a, another great point about, about Amaya Johnson in that game. You, again, you look at that stat line, you may think, ah, well, you know, the points didn't really stand out to you. Once again, nine assists there. But the thing, again, that stood out to me was the pacing. Uh, the pacing of that game was so up and down in, in the Stetson game. You had missed layups, and they took advantage. Stetson wasn't able to convert on some easy shots. Kennesaw State, again, took advantage of it, and Amani Johnson was able to push the pace. Piccolino got off some quick shots. They only won with eight players this time. They had seven against FGCU. You only win with eight players on the road against a good Stetson team? What's, what more can we say about that kind of win? That, that is just like the FGCU win for the men's team. That is a statement win on the road. Uh, again, amazing job by this basketball team. And you have a, a player like Piccolino stepping up only eight players. I mean, imagine when they're at full strength, guys. Th this team can be dangerous. And that's something I think transitions well to what we were talking about earlier from the men. This was a game that this team wouldn't have won last year or the year before, just like the men did with North Florida. And now they're going into, again, North Florida territory where, again, just like the men's team, the women's team is struggling as well. They're going to be able to show that, again, this is a different team. We're going to be able to go in and capitalize on the teams that are struggling. So next for the women, it's Wednesday, 7 p.m. against UNF, and then on the road at Lipscomb this weekend. So the women's team is going to be road warriors, have to put it together again, uh, taking on the Ospreys on Wednesday. And then the Bisons, remember, it's, it's an S, the Bisons this weekend up in Nashville. Anything else particular about those matchups that stand out to you guys? Starting off with the University of North Florida, I actually think Kennesaw State is at the disadvantage in this game because you look at North Florida and you say, okay, well, they're struggling. They're 0-4 in conference play. Well, guys, they were slated to be second in conference play at the end of the A-Sun year this year. This, this was supposed to be one of the best teams in the A-Sun. So, the, once again, you can look at it either way. They're struggling. Kennesaw State, they're going to have to kick them while they're down. Or 
North Florida needs this game. They are going to be fighting for their life here in conference play. Jazz Bond is still is still doing what we've seen her do. Once again, I think for you know about the ninth to tenth year at this point, and you're going to be able to stop this team from shooting the three ball. They haven't shot it all that well this year. They're shooting, I think, under thirty percent this season. You got to stop Jazz Bond. That that's the the number one priority right now. It's a lot easier said than done, but they beat North Florida last year. That's something that we also didn't expect. I didn't expect this North Florida team to be 0-4 coming into this game. I think you can speak to that as well. Kennesaw State, you can take advantage of this team right now, but North Florida, they're going to be fighting for their life. So it's going to be a back-and-forth battle, and both these teams are going to have to fight for it. 100% Jordan. You know, Jazz Bond is the best forward in this conference, not named Kirsten Bell. And a big reason is she has a lot of what Kirsten Bell has. She has the physicality. She's long. She's awkward to deal with. But what she doesn't have in Kirsten Bell's scoring prowess, she has more in defense. One of the best shot blockers we've seen in this conference over the last four years. So to some extent, it's not just about stopping jazz bond it's about not letting jazz bond stop you but going into this run against lipscomb against north florida these are both teams that are not performing maybe as expected this year lipscomb losing against jacksonville state who's looks like the top of that division um beating narrowly bellarmine and central arkansas these are the two teams that the owls have beat in conference last year lipscomb and north florida and if they can get off to a hot start by beating those two teams, it's going to set up for an excellent end of the season for Coach Octavia Blue. Yeah, Mateen, if I remember correctly, wasn't it that Lipscomb game at the end of the year, one of those games where KSU only had six or seven players? I'm doing the research on it right now. I'm remembering that was a game that uh, we were supposed to play them two in a row, Mm -hmm. and the last game got canceled. We beat them by 16 the Owls had eight players available. Josh A. Whitfield had one of her best games as an Owl, 21 points and seven rebounds. Amani Johnson wasn't far behind, 20 points and eight rebounds. Well, we'll see if uh, Miss Whitfield's up for it again, taking on the Bisons this weekend. The Ospreys on the road Wednesday night at 7. Follow along at KSU Owls WBB and KSUOwls.com to stay up to date with Kennesaw State women's basketball. All right, men at home. Thursday, 7 p.m., women on the road this weekend. Up next, we will hear from point guard Terrell Burden from the Kennesaw State men's basketball team here on Inside the Nest. Today tastes like movie night. Okay, whose turn is it to choose? And everyone's favorite hit, pizza and Coke. Today tastes like front row seats for all, like cushions and popcorn and counting the seconds. Today tastes like a slice of the action. Like we belong here and now. And it never tasted this good. Coca-Cola. Together tastes better. At Fifth Third Bank, we hold ourselves to a higher standard. Just look at our name, Fifth Third. Five-thirds equals 166.7%. So, according to the laws of mathematics, we are obligated to put 166.7% into everything we do. From our great customer service, to our security solutions, to providing you access to over 45,000 fee-free ATMs nationwide. This is banking a fifth-third better. Learn more at 53.com. Fifth Third Bank, member FDIC.
And we are joined by Terrell Burden here on Inside the Nest as the Owls are set to host Liberty Thursday night at 7 p.m. Terrell, you and your team are 3-0 and in the A-Sun, the first time that has ever happened in KSU's history. I want to ask, how does it feel to be in the moment of starting a, a history-breaking run for Kennesaw State? given the adversity and the buildup over the past couple of years that have led up to this moment? I mean, it feels really good, honestly. Like, it feels great. Knowing, knowing like, uh, how many people didn't think we would even be, like, in this position, honestly. Like, it feels great only because, like, one of, like, all of my teammates and I, like, we all have, like, a belief in one, uh, one another that, like we can do anything possible. Like once we have like this connection at uh, like the bone, like it's anything is possible for us. Like it feels really good. So coach told us before the FGCU game, when the team was in COVID-19 protocols, you know, around the new year, week before, week after-ish. And he said that there are some, some Zoom calls in which, had a huge impact on the team. And there was a lot of truthfulness that came out of those. I'm not going to ask you what was said, but from a player standpoint, what impact did that have on the run that we have to start a sun play? Um, I feel like it had a huge impact because like we got all the toxic stuff out of uh, like out of the system and out of program and stuff. And like it just being truthful and very honest with one another was very huge. Like, so we're all on the same page now, I feel like. And that, like, alone, like, being able to be honest and upfront with your brother, I feel like that means get us closer, honestly. Well, Terrell, you've been on quite the run, and really it started with a Sanford and the Nebraska games, back-to-back 20-point games. And then you came back, and, and you've played well here to lead this team through its first three conference games. What's been different for you this year? What's clicked, and, and has there been anything that – you've put an extra emphasis on? Um, I know not even just myself, but my teammates and coaches, like they've been big on like pushing me to be more vocal, be a leader. And like just that alone, like them believing in me, like not having that much confidence in me every single day. And I didn't head out throughout practice. Like that belief alone, like just like that just helped my confidence. Like it took it through the roof. Like just knowing like everybody on the staff and coaches like, they want everybody or want me to be like great. And they were like, I know that they have my back throughout like that, that, that is unbelievable right there. So just knowing that right there, I don't even want to let none of my teammates down. So if they can put that much belief in me, I'm going to try to feed them as much belief back. Give us an example for you of what it means to be more vocal, because from fans, we may see you run down the floor and you've got, you know, a couple fingers in the air and you're going to set the play on offense. But there's a lot more to that in basketball. Give us some more examples for you of what it means to be vocal on this team. Okay, a good example would be like throughout practice, like if we have a rough practice or anything, like just for me to be like vocal and like clap it up, encouraging my teammates more. Or like if I feel like we're not like uh, competing or moving at the pace that we normally do, like our standard, then like it'll be I have to like sometimes I have to change my voice. So not encouraged all the time. Sometimes I might have to like yell a little bit or like get under somebody's skin just to get them going. But like just knowing and being aware of my teammates, that's been like a huge part of me being vocal. 
For example, like if we're going, uh, like if a team has uh, started to get another lead on us, like I'll, I'll be in the huddle encouraging, like we still got this, we good. Like that's, this, this is the game of runs right here. And like they made their run, like we're going to stay and we're going to make ours now. And we're going to continue to make this run. Terrell, I asked you this question after the FGCU game. You know, what's more fun for you, giving a no-look assist or hitting a big-time shot? And you've shown a variety of ways to get two or three points this year. We've documented the floater and how improved you've been in that aspect of it. But your assist ratio has bumped up even more this year. What goes in from a practice standpoint to become a better playmaker and dishing out the rock? Um, just like breaking down like what the other team likes to do, like their defensive coverages or like uh, like if they like to help out the corner or do they like to tag, do they like to ice ball screen, just a lot of stuff like uh, mentally, like just to let me know like what or just let us all know like what will be more open. Like if I drive, they will collapse a lot, just stuff like that. Like knowing the other team's personnel and what they like to do playing defense helps a lot, honestly. How much studying do you do prior to a game on scouting your opponent? Um, We do a good amount, honestly. Just like I'll go in there and talk to the coaches about like what's the game plan and just stuff like that just to make sure like I'm on top of my stuff so I know what's going on. Because I feel like you can't be a great leader if you like blind yourself. I feel like I, I got to be the most prepared, honestly. So going back to this three-game win streak to start Ace on play, four-game win streak overall, the FGC win gained a lot of eyes, right? Winning by 24 points against one what's traditionally been one of the best teams in the Ace Sun. And then to be able to turn right back around and not have a sense of, okay, we've arrived or we're satisfied – you go down and you hold Stetson to three field goals in the second half. Three field goals in the second half. And then, you know, 48 hours later, you have a gritty come-from-behind victory, pull it out of the end against UNF. To me, Terrell, that speaks to, I think, the makeup of this team to not be satisfied, to continue to develop a defensive identity and then, again, to find a way to win. Like, you, you've shown a lot to Kennesaw State fans over the past three games. When, when Coach talks about developing an identity on this team and being defensive-focused, what does that mean to you to hold defense to a high priority? Um, it means really – means really, I mean, it means a lot to me, honestly, just because I've, uh, I know we had a lot of defensive problems throughout, like, the first half of the season. But, like, I feel like now that, like, we're all on one page and we all, like, have each other's back, like, it's a big, like, a big word we've been using these past couple weeks is support your brother. So, like, if you feel like your brother needs anything, like, you you got to let him know, like, you're there for his, like, the guy to, uh, to have his back. So, like, if you, uh, if you see him getting beat on the drive, like, your communication telling him, like, we got your back, just certain stuff like that, like, support has been huge. Like, I didn't even know, like, uh, a big thing that was, uh, like, that made me know, like, my brother has my back was uh, at the end of the um, North Florida game, me and Isaiah missed two big free throws. But, like, when we was in the huddle, like, after that, um, our teammates all was like, it's okay, uh, Rail and Zay, like, we got y'all back. Like, we got y'all. We're not going to let y'all, like, hold y'all heads or anything. Like, we're going to fight for y'all. Like, we know, like, we, we know, like, they know we missed it. 
like just to have them like that reassurance like we got your back brother like it's okay like that right there is like unbelievable Terrell that's huge nobody was in there pointing fingers at one another or hey this is your fault we're in this situation everyone lifted each other up and I think that's big. That speaks to what you and your teammates have been able to develop here on this team. So Thursday night against Liberty is also going to be youth sports night where fans 12 and under get in free to watch the owls in the flames. What did growing up in Cobb County and youth sports look like for you? Have you always played basketball? Did you play any other sports and what kind of rec league travel ball did you play up until KSU? Um, I've actually played a lot of sports. Honestly, I've tried a little bit of everything. I've tried soccer, baseball, track, football. I've tried it all. Though. But the only two that I've stuck with, uh, like throughout have been football and basketball, honestly. And those have been the main two. So just growing up, like just uh, because I could never like sit down, like I always want to do something. So my mom and dad would just throw me in sports just to see how it would go. And like baseball would be too slow for me. And so I couldn't, I would never get into it for real. So like just football and basketball, I felt like was the perfect balance for me. Growing up, I would be in like direct leagues. And then uh, I would play for the middle school team and stuff, both football and basketball. Um, and so when I went to McEachin at first, uh, I played football and basketball. But then when I went to Campbell, I only played basketball. So. Just like having that football and basketball, it was like a love and hate. Like, do I want to keep playing both? But I always love basketball the most out of every sport. Who instilled your love for the game? Uh, really both of my parents, honestly. Um, because really both my parents and my dad. Uh, because my dad used to play basketball, so it feels pretty good. It was like a, like one of those things, like I play basketball. I want to see if you try it. And it just stuck. So ever since then, like my parents have been like pushing me to be like as good as I can be not only on the court, but like academically as well. Have you always been playing point guard? Yes, sir. I've always been playing point guard. I've always been like one of the shortest dudes on the team, if not the shortest on the team. So yeah, I've always played point guard. You know, Terrell, I have to ask because personally, I haven't grown an inch since seventh grade. So I used to be the center on the basketball team growing up. And now if I, I ever try to play pickup ball or anything, I, I got to be with you. I got to be up top in the backcourt. I can't bang down low. <laughs> but uh, back to your football days, what position did you play in football? Um, I play like slot receiver and then I play corner. Like I like the, the little bit of both. So it was, it was pretty fun. And you were telling me before we started recording, you've been in Cobb County your entire life, right? Mm-hmm. Do you have more pride in playing for Kennesaw State and wearing the jersey that's, you know, you, you, you've played basketball in this entire county and now, you know, you're, you're helping lead a team to do something that hasn't done before in the same county? Yes, sir. It feels special, honestly, like just being basically being here my whole life and then like having the opportunity to play basketball like 25 minutes away from home like that. That just feels amazing. I'm still close to home. I still have a lot of my friends that are still home. Like the connection and the people, the support I have around me is like it's, it's great. It's unbelievable.
That's wonderful. Well, Terrell, we're going to close it out here with uh, a fun topic that we do. It's called Would You Rather, okay? I don't know if you've played okay. that game before, but we're going to give you uh, two situations, and you just tell us which one you would prefer, all right? Okay. So, the, so this is coming from Jordan. The first, would you rather be able to jump three times higher than what you can right now, or would you rather have the ability to slow down time by 50%? Ooh, it got to be to slow down time by 50%. That right there, I feel like I'd be able to, like, see the floor even better. Like, just knowing, like, uh, how slow people are moving, like, in that pace that I'm moving, that would be, that would be perfect. Like, oh, you can't ask for nothing better than that one right there. It's a great answer. Well, Terrell, sometimes watching you, it seems like you have the ability to slow time down by 50%. And we we look forward to watching you and your team go off against undefeated Liberty, the top two teams in the ASUN East Division, this Thursday at 7 p.m. Terrell, any last thing that you want to say to family, teammates, friends, coaches, or anyone else out there? Um, no, honestly, other than like, uh, the KSU community, like we love your support and like, it doesn't go unnoticed. So like, we're going to keep fighting for y'all as well, just to keep this program. like at a, at a good pace. That's all. Wonderful. Terrell, thanks for the time and best of luck against Liberty. Yes, sir. Thank you. We know you're concerned for your health, but rest assured, we are here for you. Our hospitals, health parks, and offices are open and taking every safety precaution so you can get the care you need. Wellstar, more than healthcare, people care. Fun conversation with Terrell Burden. Make sure to check out him and Kennesaw State's men's basketball team against the Liberty Thursday, 7 p.m and a match with the top teams in the East Division, ksuowls.com slash tickets. Also, Youth Sports Day, children 12 and under wearing their team jerseys get in for free at the Convocation Center. All righty, scoreboard round. Here we go before we get to fact or fiction. I got it today. Jordan, ask us the dying question. What would we rather do? Hey, I, yeah, I think we actually need to change the title of it. What would you rather do instead of would you rather? It sounds like it, it just rolls off the tongue a little bit better. All right. I've got some superpower questions for you guys. Would you rather be able to slow time down by 50% or jump three times as high as you can right now? Ooh. Can you repeat that again? Would you rather be able to slow time down by 50%? Or jump, jump three times as high as you can jump right now. You know, let me start that off because what you have here is three play-by-play commentators in this chat right now. And I think we all agree if we could be able to slow down time and just collect our thoughts a little bit quicker on that play, on that last play, think, man, I'm going to have 10 more seconds to choose my words to wrap up this game. I might take that. I might take that. That's a good point. I didn't think about Yeah, that. That's a good point. I agree. I agree, Missy. That is a good point. Here's the thing with jump. If you had asked me when I was 10, absolutely. 
that's going to change my life trajectory. I can jump three times higher. Now I can jump three inches off the ground. Let's go. Okay. I was going to say, I'm already jumping a minimal amount. So three times higher, I'm probably not jumping anywhere near the amount that Terrell Burden can. Maybe maybe I uh, I don't get moved to be an offensive lineman. Maybe I could stay a short tight end. <laughs> or maybe I don't get cut from the basketball team. I'm going to go with Mateen on slowing time down because it's the ability to slow time down 50%. It's not that time will slow down 50%. It's the ability to hit the rewind button a little bit on your remote from click. This one's tough. I'm actually going to, again, I'm going to go against you guys because now, now listen, I still like, I could go one year, one grad year. I still got one year of eligibility left. If I wanted to go play basketball, if I jump three times as high as like, I'm not exactly a, a tremendous athlete here, but three times as high as I can right now. I mean, I'm scoring 50 points on alley-oops that that's, that's what's happening. I mean, I'm jumping almost over the rim. This is like a, a space jam so, sort of situation. And then guys, after that, I'm going to the NBA it's three times as high as I can right now. That that's life changing stuff for me. I still got a little, a little gas left in the tank, but uh, that's a, again, that's a tough one. I, I think, just by an edge, just by a hair, I'm, I'm going to go with the jump. I think you have some years of eligibility left, dude. Exactly. That's what I'm counting on. I, I need it. I, I need it right now. Jordan, you're going to be the next snacks that, <laughs> that makes SportsCenter top 10 coming off the bench, except instead of shooting a three from half court, they're going to feed you an alley-oop. <laughs> Every single time. It's going to be like semi-pro. As soon as, as soon as they know it's coming... I mean, I'm, I'm slamming it down every single time. My hands are going to be sore. All right. Well, we got to get, we have to measure your verts. We can find out what three times that amount is. Fun fact that once again, uh, because of that class I took with, uh, our, our, our friend, uh, good ITN friend, Nathan Robertson, he has my vertical written down in one of his notebooks. I just don't know what it is. <laughs> tested it. We tested it like a, a few weeks ago and it wasn't impressive. <laughs> it, it was not impressive. All right, we'll get Nathan on here and we'll we'll verify what the vert is. Okay, scoreboard round. So Mateen and I are we're each up one nothing. We got it right last week. So fact or fiction for you listening here, one of these statements is going to be fact, one's going to be fiction. The gentlemen have to decide which is which. Okay. Statement number one: The New York Knicks won the very first NBA game. Statement. Number two, Magic Johnson was the first player in NBA history to be elected a league MVP by a unanimous vote. Man, sports trivia feels like I should know it. I don't. I just, it's hard for me to pick the Knicks winning anything. I think that's exactly why I'm going to pick it, Jordan, because (sighs) I think a question like this prompts this almost oxymoronic type thinking and, you know, I think about Magic Johnson. He was dominant in the league for a long time, but I think about players like Wilt Chamberlain and, you know, Bill Russell. And I think, man, these were guys that were top of the game. Maybe they didn't even have the MVP then. I'm not sure. But I think I got to go Knicks on this one. This is, a, this is another tough one because I do, I do agree with your logic right there. But I also do remember vaguely this stat that 
Wilt Chamberlain had like, you know, 40 or 50 points and he still didn't get MVP and and Bill Russell somehow still got it over him. He had very inferior stats. I'm going to, uh, I'm going to go with the magic Johnson one. Uh, I want some intrigue here. Uh, that's yeah. I'm going with that one. So Mateen, you said the first one's true. And Jordan, you said the second one's true. Yeah, correct. All right, Mateen, you're two and oh, bud. Let's go, baby. Let's go. Okay. Bonus <laughs> points for either of you. If you can get this, if you okay. can tell me, who the first player in NBA history to be elected MVP by unanimous vote was, and an extra bonus point if you can tell me who the Knicks beat on November 1st, 1946. I'm going to guess the Celtics. I'm going to guess the Bullets, Washington Bullets, and the first unanimous MVP. I guess I should go with Wilt Chamberlain. I'm going to go with Bill Russell. I got to go with Bill Russell. All right. Well, you're stuck at your points. You don't get any bonus points because how did y'all not know this? The Knicks beat the Toronto Huskies. Come on, guys. Oh, yes. The Huskies. That's my second guess. I think I was they the actually for that team, Owen. <laughs> so they actually uh, had a fun promotion, apparently. Any fan taller than Toronto center George Nostrand, Nostrand, sorry if I mispronounce it, was granted free admission. So I think we should probably run a promotion. Any fan taller than Nate Springs will be granted free admission to the next game. And the first NBA, first player in NBA history elected league MVP by unanimous vote. Actually, Mateen, with your line of thinking, it was really good. And I thought you may get this. Steph Curry in 2016. Wow. Are you serious? I really thought with your line of thinking about all the greats then, and not that we didn't have greats in 2016, but with Curry rising to the occasion at the apex of his career, I thought you may get that one. I'm shocked. No LeBron in the peak years. I mean, no Michael Jordan in the peak years. That's... Insane. Little Birdie has little little Birdie told me that the next unanimous MVP will this be this guy that rises out of nowhere that <laughs> magically can jump three times higher than he could the day before. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm about to drop. I'm about to drop sixty in the NBA again. If I can jump, <laughs> I mean, if I can get my feet over the rim, man. Uh, I mean, it's gonna be it's gonna be something special. Man, Steph Curry. I, I can't believe I didn't know that was the first unanimous MVP man that's a good one that's a good one everyone's chasing Mateen gentlemen enjoyed having y'all on inside the nest here today looking forward to seeing y'all at the convo this week and then following along on ESPN plus and social media and KSUOwls.com for our women's team this week who do you who do you go out